Welcome to the Thrive and Shine Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Sabrina Orkies. Today, my guest is a very special one, and I think that so many people can, I know I'll say that a lot to all of these, but I just had some really great guests lately, um, but she is an infertility coach. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with that more today now than ever. It's just becoming more common, unfortunately, um, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is what we put into our bodies, and it's huge. It's huge. You know, it takes a lot for you to want to break down and change your habits into healthier habits in order to help yourself be able to become pregnant or to help with your hormones. Um, Amy actually brings up a lot of great points. Um, um, There was a couple of things that she talked about with your menstrual cycle that was very eye-opening to me. I mean, I've always known it in the back of my mind, but to hear her like say it out loud, like we should not have period cramps. That was a huge eye-opener to me. And it all has to do with what we're putting in our bodies and just not being aware. aware. And I think that we've all, this is just how we grew up. We grew up with cramps. We grew up being told to take Motrin or ibuprofen to help with those cramps. And that was just it. I mean, that's all we know. Um, So Amy is really awesome at opening our eyes to see that there are other options out there to be able to fix these problems that we think are normal that are not apparently. (laughs) Um, So I hope that if you feel that you can relate with Amy um, and what she is, has set out to accomplish with her coaching that you do reach out to her because I do think that she can help so many people. What she is doing is truly amazing and she is changing lives with what she is doing. Um, I'm so happy to connect with her, but I hope that you all enjoy the episode. Hey, Amy, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good. Um, so happy to have you here with us today. I think a lot of what we do um, align or what you do aligns with what I do um, as far as being healthy and the when you're not healthy, the things that can happen to you. Um, can you explain your journey of how you got here to being a hormone infertility coach? Um, I know it's something that you're very passionate about. So what were you doing previously? Maybe um, have you struggled with infertility? Um, All the things. (laughs) Yeah. So this story goes back a lot. Well, I guess about six and a bit years to when me and my husband started trying to have kids really is when it goes back to. And so like we did the let's get married and then we're not going to, we're going to have like some time where we don't have kids. And then there is some time where we didn't try not to, but we didn't try to, and then nothing happened. And then we started trying to, and nothing happened and just kept not happening. And, and I've always been overweight my whole life. Like when my husband and I met each other, we were both, we were overweight it's fine. And so in our journey together, we did like a lot of like try to get healthy and then like super unhealthy kicks. And so I learned a lot about food and ultimately what it came down to is I often knew what the right answer was. And this is where the coaching comes in to what the right answer for my body was, but not able to do it for myself, like continuing to come up against emotional eating, food addiction, um, 
just those sort of things. Like the belief in myself as being worthy enough to be healthy. And so when we started our fertility journey, um, I was about 250 pounds and with just kind of the weight of it all, the depression that comes with it, those just like this, there's just so much sadness and like let down. And when you're an emotional eating food addict, you eat right. Like mm-hmm. every month when you got the negative pregnancy test, you ate. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And I drove myself up to almost 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we waited that one year to go see your doctor. I hate that. That's like one of my least favorite rules. Um, and I just, anyway, passionate about women knowing when it's time to go to the doctor and not waiting a year mm-hmm. because that's just, no, no, you don't have to do that. That's really but, good information because I do know some of my friends that had to do that also. Yeah. If you can figure out what's going on with your body, then you can go to the doctor and say, I have a luteal phase defect. You need to help me. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not ovulating. You need mm-hmm. to help me. But if you don't know how to have that conversation with your doctor, they're going to just send your way. Right. Right. Oh, try for a year and you can come back and we'll look at it. Um, no, take the power back. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, we waited the year we went to the doctor, she took all my information. She said like, well, you should probably lose weight, but you know, everything here looks okay for you. So let's get your husband tested. And so sure enough, he had pretty bad sperm. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't have a single normal one and they were not swimming. Wow. Oh my gosh. Just like dead in the water. Yes. Yeah. So um, they sent us to the IVF clinic or the fertility clinic. So off we go. And the doctor just says to you, like, give us $15,000 and that's your solution to being mom. And I, it didn't sit well with me at first. Like that's as someone who really did care about health, struggling with the mindset of it, but really did passionately think that food is where our healing lies. And Uh, it didn't sit well with me. And so then we went off to a naturopath and spent a year working with a naturopath, trying to get somewhere with our bodies. And again, still coming up against that mindset of, I would get so far and then I would just become deflated because I'd feel like we should have made it there by now, Mm -hmm. you know, the impatience. And so we, my friend actually uh, decided that it was time for her to go through IVF. And I had like this moment where I didn't think that I was a good enough person to be her friend. If she was pregnant without me, like, I really wondered how that, how she could be my best friend if she was pregnant, because like we had spent like two years together, like blessing, not a blessing. Um, Mm -hmm being those women that was like, why is that person pregnant? And I'm not, mm-hmm. how does that make sense? How is like judging people for drinking a gallon of, of coffee while pregnant, you know? And, and that's just where my mind had set, my mm-hmm. mindset was at the time. Which I think um, is completely normal. I think it is, uh, but not helpful. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did IVF and it failed. Uh, and it became like, like one of the darkest moments of my life was, thinking that was going to be our path to being mom. And actually my friend did IVF and she became her, she has a little boy. So she was pregnant without me. And then I realized I was a good enough person to do that. And that was a big eye opener for me, but it went through like rock bottom. And I, 
always say about the thing that you find in rock bottom is yourself. You find the strength you never knew you had. You find the perseverance to keep going that you never knew you had. And you just keep pushing. And what rises out of that brokenness is something so much stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started looking more into sperm health and trying to figure out what we could do about that sperm. So I had been able to do some balancing in my hormones. Things still weren't great, Mm -hmm. but it was a lot closer. Um, But my husband's sperm wasn't getting where it needed to go, even clearly for IVF. And so like I like deep dove into it. And I found that in Prague, actually, uh, they have a lot more um, sperm picking technology. Mm -hmm. And so you get IVF for like a third of the price of Canada. And they have all this crazy stuff to pick sperm. What? So cool. I know. know. (laughs) Like crazy. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're going to, I went to my husband and was like, I know you said we weren't going to do this again but let's do it one more time and let's do it in Prague. And I think Prague made him say yes. Oh, (laughs) awesome. Yeah. And so I was like, if we're doing this, like we are going to do everything to make this happen for ourselves. And so we deep dove into, uh, we did keto because I knew that like I had like PCOS symptoms. And so I needed to take care of those. Um, I knew how good keto was for testosterone, which would help his sperm. Uh, we did intermittent fasting to really support inflammation, which is also critical when you're looking at sperm health. And we did everything. We focused on getting back into loving each other. And we took that time to say, we're not going to be trying to have a baby right now. We're just going to try and have fun. Mm -hmm. So we got outside, we went hiking, we did, we went, like we did so many things and we just found joy again, which has been so hard for so many years, you know? I know so many people going through that. Yes. Or have been through that. And yes, I completely understand what you're talking about. Yeah. So, and it was incredible. We went, we got on the plane, we went to Prague and came home with two little babies and my husband didn't have a ton of sperm, but he had normal sperm. He had sperm that could make babies. (laughs) Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. And so now I'm the mom of twins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they're two and a half. Um, and so I started, I come from corporate, like that's my corporate leadership is really where I've spent the last like 10 years of my life Mm -hmm. or more. And I really loved supporting and coaching people. Mm -hmm. I love helping people next level, you know, wherever that is in life. And so I decided that I wanted to take this part of my job that is, was the ultimate and I would become like a life coach. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always thought it would be really neat to work with fertility people, but I had a limiting belief about myself and whether I could be that person for somebody, because that's a lot of weight. Like I can get someone pregnant, but you can't guarantee they're going to stay pregnant. Like that's Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of weight. And I didn't, again, I had to ask myself if I was able to be that for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually worked with a business coach and she's like, okay, so like you're messaging, like do you think you're where you're supposed to be? I was like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well, where would you be if anything was possible? I'd be like, I'd be helping people get pregnant. Like I love nutrition. Oh. I love natural healing. And I want to help women figure out what I figured out because I'm watching in these forums, all these women struggling, you yeah. know, passing on misinformation, you know, uh, 
posting about going to the doctor's office and not being told how to heal their body, just be get, being given metformin and saying, cross your fingers. Oh, that didn't work. Okay. Let's also add letrozole or Clomid, like cross your fingers yeah. instead of the, Hey, your body can do this. We just need to figure out why it's not mm-hmm. like I talk a lot about with my clients and, and the people that I talk to in my group that your fertility is a symptom of your health. Your body has kind of two main functions and one is to stay alive. And then the next is to reproduce. Well, which one trumps the other? So if you only have so many resources or you have your body's trying to fight to stay alive because of what we're putting in our body and on our body and breathing, like all of these things, how is it going to put any resources to re- reproducing? Mm-hmm. It can't. So we have to figure out what's going on on your health side that's stopping fertility from happening. We need to make that correction and fertility comes back. So that's my story. Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, it's so much information. So, you know, one thing that I always preach about is, um, not so much that I preach with like infertility or anything, but what you eat affects every single problem that you have. Like it, it directly affects it. Um, especially with inflammation. Um, can we talk about how, inflammation affects fertility. Um, what do we eat that causes inflammation? Okay. Everything probably (laughs) for the most part. The answer kind of is everything. Yeah. Yeah. So there isn't, except for meat, there isn't really a food out there. And even some people with meat can have a really low grade reaction, but as much as we're designed to eat our body, everything in the world is designing, trying to design themselves not to be eaten. So they all have natural defense mechanisms. And when our body is in top working order, these things are fine. They're not going to cause too many issues. But when we're eating the wrong foods too frequently, what we're causing is uh, our digestive tract is basically where it starts to become agitated. So you're eating foods that are aggravating the gut lining. And then we stop being able to absorb properly. And then all of a sudden, because it's swollen, we get these gaps in our gut lining, which then allow things that never should have made it into our body, like, or into our bloodstream, into our bloodstream, causing our body to have to react to that. Our body has to fight that off because it's a foreign invader. It's not supposed to be there. And when it's doing that, what we get is inflammation. So inflammation is great. If you sprain your ankle or you cut yourself, It's designed to heal your body. But what creates a problem is when we get systemic inflammation. And that's inflammation that's happening with no acute source. It's literally just like aggravation and irritants floating around your whole body. And your body's like, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And so inflammation just happens everywhere. And what happens when, when we're inflamed and why this is a big deal in fertility is a couple things is one, when our cells are inflamed, they are struggling to do two things. Uh, one, communicate effectively with each other. So when you're thinking about hormones and hormone signaling, if they're inflamed and freaking out, like the communication is not effective. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that happens in a cell that's inflamed is its ability to absorb the good nutrients that it needs is very much inhibited. Mm -hmm. 
So it's just not getting that stuff. Mm -hmm. So thinking about egg quality and sperm quality, when you're having this inflammation, like that's a big issue. Like they're not being nourished and we need to have healthy eggs and we need to have healthy sperm to make babies. Mm -hmm. Um, so very important that we bring that number down. That's the first thing you need to do on your fertility journey is how to bring inflammation down because it doesn't matter how many supplements you're taking. Mm -hmm. If your gut lining is agitated and not healthy and your cells are inflamed, it's not getting those resources. You're spending hundreds of dollars a month on supplements for your body not to use them. Mm -hmm. So we need to calm it down in there. Mm -hmm. step one. And we do that with detoxing. Mm -hmm. uh, the other reason I go with inflammation, I say this, like I have this joke in like one of my challenges that I do is um, I kind of put a picture of like Chris Hemsworth and then family guy next to each other. And I say, this That's is hilarious. what, this is what like carbs do. Here's family guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And then or carbs and inflammatory foods do family guy, man. And then if you eat well, you get like Chris Hemsworth. And then I say, okay, now apply that to your uterus, oh. apply that to your fallopian tubes, apply that. If we have this inflammation that's everywhere in our body, mm -hmm. put that down in your, on your uterus, like think about your fallopian tubes. Do you think mm -hmm. the chances of an egg getting thrown through that tube might be impacted if it's inflamed? Yes. Ovulation and and the like the sperm might never have a chance to get yeah. to an egg if it can't get down the tube. And, and so then what if, if it does make it down the tube and there's a lot of inflammation happening, how it might not find a good place to implant itself because again, everything's inflamed. It's not quite what it was expecting to find. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of reasons, um, why we really need to bring that inflammation level down in our bodies. Are there any sure. like foods or superfoods that anyone could eat to help boost it in fertility? The answer to your question would be uh, one of the foods I recommend to uh, my clients and people that are, that ask me and in my kind of in my free challenges that I do bone broth, it has, um, gelatin in it and gelatin is actually really good at coating your gut and causing it to just kind of reduce the inflammation. It's very soothing. Mm -hmm. Think of it as like putting like a nice ointment on an injury. Like it's yeah. just really nice for it. Uh, I focus on eating a low, low inflammatory diet. So mm -hmm. think paleo mm -hmm. or like whole 30 keto uh, because I just love the way it balances hormones. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are plant-based, we can do similar things using plants. Um, but we, because it ultimately, we, again, just need to make sure we identify for your body, what's causing a reaction because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Somebody would surprisingly react to a blueberry. Like why a blueberry, right? Yeah. It's like such a healthy food. It has so many good things, but helping someone learn how to identify what is causing triggers for them and their body is going to be very important. Mm -hmm. Eggs can be one of the most nourishing foods that we eat. It's full of amazing things, but if you're reactive to it, mm -hmm. then there's no point. Like your body is going to just have more negative impact from that egg than the positive it brings. So we do that through either doing an elimination diet mm -hmm. or a, a food sensitivity test. So we can really, and even with food sensitivity tests, I still really encourage 
everybody to cut out some of the really reactive things. So even though your food sensitivity comes back fine with dairy, I still find a lot of people will have an alleviation of symptoms when you take out dairy. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I limit my dairy because of that. I hardly ever eat dairy. Like in my day-to-day, I do not eat dairy. Um, I did Whole30 a few years ago, and that's what got me started. And I just kind of got used to it after that. Um, now, I guess since I don't eat dairy, it upsets my stomach. So, but sometimes I have it, or I can handle it in small doses, but that's about it. Yeah, I definitely, I'm the same. I don't have dairy day-to-day, but if it's a treat kind of for me mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. Yeah. Cause I just feel better. Like I get yeah. a histamine reaction to dairy. If I'm mm-hmm. having dairy every day, then I have allergies every day and hay fever, like yes. symptoms from it. Um, Crazy. And, and not that it hurts my body. Like some people, if you have a lactose intolerance, it's an actual gut reaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas mine is all in my nose. Mm-hmm. That's mine too. Everything, yeah. sinuses, allergies, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you ever see me on a video and I'm sneezing, you can bet I had dairy. <laughs> yep. So crazy, isn't it? And that's what I try to tell some of my clients too. I'm like, even though we might take these big things out that are obvious, there could be still something in your diet that you're allergic to. And so that's, I have recommended to them go get, you know, tested for food sensitivities to see, because you just don't know. You could have literally been eating this food your entire life. Um, and it could have been causing inflammation in your body and you had no idea. Or, you know, a lot of times people will eat stuff that upsets their stomach. They know it upsets their stomach, yet they keep eating it, but they don't think, oh, maybe I'm allergic to this. That's why it's doing that. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. One of those. People don't like to give up on the things they love. <laughs> hard. Very hard. Sweet you just keep pushing downfall, through. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't it's hard. Them. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Um, I would love for you, if you can, to maybe talk about a success story or two. Maybe someone that you guided through the process um, who ultimately ended up pregnant. Okay, so I don't know if you have um, one that like sticks out more than others, or <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think like the biggest wins for me ha- so far have been just hormonal wins. So, oh, yes, like I've gotten people pregnant, but sometimes like it's really just been in helping them understand when to have sex. Yeah, like when should that's you have huge. sex if you want to get pregnant? And to me, I'm like, that was really simple. Like, that's not really challenging me. Yeah. So my biggest wins are when my clients have hormonal transformations. I love that. Because I know that pregnancy will be soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I have a, a lady who started my program. And when she began my program, she was getting migraines for more than half of her cycle. So she would have hormonal migraines and nausea around um, her period And then she would have it again around ovulation. So she spent a lot of time suffering from her hormones. And so we worked on really focusing on detoxing estrogen. So a lot of times when you have period symptoms, especially intense period symptoms, like I like to tell every woman I ever meet, really, if we get to the point where we talk about your period, that your period should not impact your life beyond being annoying that you have to like 
deal with go to it. a bathroom every four right. hours yes, and deal with exactly. it. Yeah. But if you're getting so much PMS that it's affecting your relationships uh, with your family, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Like I get PMS for like an hour and I'm yeah. irrational for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a win because let me tell you, it used to be like two days of <laughs> irrationalness. <laughs> And some people, it's like a whole week. So I know people like that too. Yeah, they're like just on edge, like Mm -hmm. out of it. Yes. Yeah. And if your period hurts, like if you have to take drugs or you're grabbing your stomach because it's cramping or miss work, that's not normal. Mm. That is not how you're supposed to live your life. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, So there's a whole bunch of things we can do about that. And one of the most common factors that cause this increase in like PMS symptoms is actually something called estrogen dominance. And that happens a couple for a couple of reasons. One is because they're so prevalent in our environment, these toxic estrogens that we can eat or ingest and drink. And so they build up in our body and interfere with our body's ability to have proper estrogen communication. Mm-hmm. And because these estrogens have different strengths. So we've heard of soy has estrogen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a soy estrogen is actually a lower intensity. So if it lands in a receptor, your body might start to overproduce estrogen. Cause it's like, we don't have enough. Right. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes if you're, if what lands in the receptor are some of the strong ones, like that come from plastic containers, uh, like this toxic estrogens, we call them they can cause the things to go the other way. So they can just build up in your body. And the other thing that happens is when you're on birth control, it's oftentimes it's an estrogen-based birth control. And as it's floating around your body, not only can it land on estrogen receptors, your body can actually pick it up and put it in your cells. And so we get this estrogen dominance. Mm. And that's where a lot of our painful periods come from. So we really focused on detoxing and supporting her liver to start uh, letting these things out of her body and filtering them out of her body. And I literally, uh, she didn't have a migraine after within like two weeks of the program, she hadn't had a oh migraine since. Yeah. That is insane. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That is a huge deal. Like we changed her life. She's not pregnant yet, but, but we've changed her life. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I, another one of my clients, her cycles were anywhere from 40 to, I think the one that she joined my group on was about over 60 days, her cycle. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so we worked through the program and six weeks in, she ovulated on day 20. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. How awesome is that? That is incredible. Yeah. And then, uh, she got pregnant with that egg. Um, unfortunately it didn't go and right. I say sometimes right. this, this yes. is a heavy job, right? Yeah, like it it's, is because you get them there, but then yes, you can't promise yeah, that they'll make can't. it through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is hard too, but at least they know they can get pregnant because that was one of my friend's biggest thing is she was just like, you know, she's had several miscarriages, but she's like one thing, I guess that kind of give her, gives her peace is that she knows that she can get pregnant. Like mm-hmm. she knows she can carry a child. It's just a matter of fifth gonna make it you know and it's hard it's hard I'm actually I'm really excited for her to listen to this episode because I know that she will love hearing it and she's made a lot of drastic lifestyle changes with her diet and exercising and stuff so 
she might even end up reaching out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to help. That's what I do. Yeah. So yeah, it's really incredible. And I helped another lady who had PCOS, uh, Mm. similar, very similar, very long cycles. Her doctor had said metformin, uh, Clomid, and she Mm -hmm. just did not like how it reacted in her body. And so we put her on a low carb. She didn't, she wasn't feeling the keto. Some people don't, that's fine. Um, but we went low carb. We went very specific with, with, with what she was eating and we focused on the intermittent fasting to really give Mm -hmm. her body that break Mm -hmm. to bring down inflammation. Um, and she was able to, her testosterone numbers came down and she's dropped a whole bunch of weight and she's now four months pregnant almost. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. Yeah. And that was within two months of like her getting like my recommendations and her making these changes. I mean, hormones are a big deal. Even when I think it was probably like two years ago now I had gotten off birth controls. Like I'm done with it for the rest of my life. Like I'm never taking it again. It's terrible. Um, we did try to get pregnant, um, that fall, but my hormones were just literally nuts and I eat a pretty healthy diet at that time. I was eating a pretty healthy diet. And so, I mean, we tried, but nothing ever happened, but it wasn't like a big deal. We were just kind of like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But now I'm I'm my regular is um, I have a period every three weeks, but it's literally spot on every three weeks. So I don't know. We'll see whatever happens. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, That was different because I don't know anybody else that has a period every three weeks. And I've talked to my doctor about it and she's just kind of like, well, I mean, she doesn't have a lot to say, which I mean, I don't feel like you know, I don't, I feel like I have this great relationship with her or anything. Yeah. So it's not like we like get in depth, talk about it, but I'm just like, well, as long as it's okay with you, that's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually had, um, my cycles, like when I don't eat well, we'll go back to like 24 days. Yeah. That's where I kind of was before. Um, like my fertility journey, I had quite short cycles. Mm -hmm. And so working with my naturopath, we started just really talking about it. Um, and it's super funny. So I had estrogen dominance, but the estrogen level of like a 50 year old. Oh my God. And so that can cause like, (laughs) I know that's how bad, like my whole like hormone balance was, is that I didn't have enough estrogen, but at the same time I had more estrogen than progesterone (laughs) so yeah so seed cycling can be really good have you heard of seed cycling Mm -mm. before no okay so uh seed cycling is using basically what nature gave us to help support our cycles and so sometimes uh what you want to look at and i would have checked if you're in your doctor's office is your estrogen levels as we get older, they just naturally can start to decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're, our estrogen levels aren't optimal, sometimes we can get this early ovulation happening, mm-hmm. uh, which shortens your cycle quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So a really easy way to help with this uh, and kind of tell your body what's going on right now is seed cycling. So you would take two tablespoons of flaxseed and two tablespoons of um, 
pumpkin seed. Mm-hmm. I like to grind the pumpkin seed up and put it on a salad yeah. or either roast or I roast them and eat them by the handful. Yeah. And then the flaxseed, I just throw in my smoothies in the morning. Yep. Um, and it's just, you do that until you ovulate. And this helps th- with the right hormones and timing of ovulation. Mm. Yeah. So it can help with women that struggle to ovulate and it helps with women who ovulate too quickly. It's, I don't know. Like when I try to explain the signs of it, my head just gets confused. So yeah, yeah but it works. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy, but it like every time and time again, it works with my clients. Like That's every so time great. I say you should try this, like we see results. And then after you ovulate, you have sesame seeds and sunflower seeds, same thing ground up or on salads or in a meal, however you want to do it. And those support progesterone. So they have specific nutrients that support your progesterone levels. Wow. And then you day one, you go back to flaxseed. Yeah. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. So informational. I love it. Love it. Do you want to, let's talk about the group programs that you offer. I know you have like the detox for Mm -hmm. fertility. Yeah. So I have a Facebook group uh, where every, about six weeks, I run a, a challenge of some kind. So I have a detox challenge that I do, I, I do. And then I do a fertility health class, which will be the next one that comes up in about six weeks where I literally teach you like what your period should look like and what your cycle should look like. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. awesome that you offer that. I love that because so many people are so clueless and it doesn't until it actually affects them. They're like, Oh my gosh, where'd I go? And you know, unfortunately, unless you know the questions to ask your doctor, you're not going to get a lot of information for most, not all, yeah. but for most. Even then. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. I remember, like I went to uh, like a female gynecologist when I was first struggling with infertility and she's like, you're fine. And then I went to a naturopath and she's like, your estrogen is like See? 50. Yeah. And because there's this huge difference between optimal and normal. Mm-hmm. Like we, a lot of the blood tests and stuff, I think they're starting to get better. Some of them will start to do some age brackets in them. I've seen more recently, but when I had all of my hormones checked, it was just this one level. It wasn't compared to other women in their Mm thirties. It was everybody. So I was in this normal range, but yes, not normal. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened to me. What were that? I can't remember what we were. Oh, my thyroid. Um, So if you go to the doctor, you know, there's this normal range. But when I went to the specialist, she was probably like more of like a natural doctor she was like, no, that even if this is off a little bit, it can affect you. Like, even though it's in their normal range, it can, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and I had been tested at my regular doctor and they said, oh, they're fine. Yeah. And, that number uh, is yeah. something I talk about infertility health class, because if you go to a regular doctor and your TSH is below four, they're like, oh, you're good. But if you want to get and stay pregnant, it needs to be below 2.5. So that's a, that's a huge difference. Yeah. So normal and optimal, uh, same thing. Like a lot of the nutrient levels in our bodies, like normal and op and optimal are very different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to, it's one of the things you need to learn because when you go to the doctor and say, I'm struggling with fertility, they're not going to run a nutrient panel on you very often. Very mm-hmm. few doctors know, or think about the fact that vitamin D plays such a critical role in fertility. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
it's the building block of every hormone in your body. So if you're running around with not enough of it in your system or an adequate amount, how are you going to make sex hormones? How are you going to have a healthy cycle? Mm-hmm. Right. And so that should be one of the first places a doctor looks, they should be looking at your B vitamins because mm-hmm. again, they're so critical to healthy fertility, mm-hmm. but they don't do that. Unless you say to your doctor, this is what I need. That's not what they're looking for. You know, they'll send you to the IVF clinic and you can spend $15,000 Exactly. when it could have just been a couple bottles of vitamin D that mm-hmm. it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, like, it's, I think it's just really important that I get the message out to women that they have so much power in this. Mm -hmm. If they can just believe what, like in the power of food and nutrition's ability to heal our body, they have so much power. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage them to take their power back and not to just let a doctor tell them that they're infertile Mm -hmm. and say, like, this is your diagnosis. You're stuck with this for life. Like, There are very few, there are a couple, but there are very few of these fertility diagnoses that are finite and the final answer. Yeah. Like, unless you don't have tubes, Mm -hmm. like we're not at the final answer. Like, let's work on this. Let's do this. Let's, let's get together and have a conversation and talk about this, but you need to leave that conversation, believing in your body's ability to do this. Otherwise I'm useless. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't believe it, you're not going to do the work. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly yeah. Right. Oh, I love that. And I love that you have like the group so that, you know, there's a lot of people there together that are in the same boat struggling, mm-hmm. you know, along the way or had their issues that someone else might be dealing with also. Hmm. Um, what is, what are, what's your Instagram? Do you want to plug all of your do you have a website do you have what do you have facebook um, and i have the group is the group paid or free do you have a there's free? free yeah it's free okay. the if you sign up for my group program like my group coaching program okay which actually i, I have launches about every six weeks as well i perfect I, um you, there's a different paid group i guess but for yes, yeah that's what yeah. i do too yeah i have like my free my paid ones i have like a couple paid ones yeah yeah So in my, this is my free support group and it is uh, called trying to conceive for women with uh, fertility issues, endometriosis. Um, Yeah. It used to be called fertility from the heart, but I need, cause that's the name of my program, but my business coach told me that it needs to be like searchable. Yes. And I agree. I think that's great. Like when you first said it, I was like, well, it's pretty obvious what it is. It <laughs> yeah. Is. Like seriously, yeah. like so when like, people are searching for something they're that's exactly what they're going to type in. Yeah, exactly. So uh, once my group gets big enough, we'll go back to fertility from the heart probably, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what is your Instagram handle? Amy.brook.hume. Awesome. Do you have a website? Uh, amybrook.co. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, but my Instagram is probably like the best place to hang out with I me because I really it. just where my content goes usually is my Instagram. Yeah. And then my Facebook group. So, if you want to get to know me, my Facebook group is definitely probably where most of the action is at. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on today. I know so yes. many people are going to benefit from this, and I'm excited for them to listen and hear their feedback on it so 
Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop back in and tell you thank you for listening to this episode. If there is anyone in your life that you think might want to hear this episode, please feel free to share it with them. It will only help my podcast grow. If you could also go and hit the subscribe button, you will get notified every single time a new episode is released. Also, if you'd like to go rate and review if you like the podcast, please feel free to do that and shoot me a message if you do of maybe like a screenshot and I will send you a small token of my appreciation in return. You can connect with me on Instagram at thrive and shine underscore wellness. I also have a Facebook page called thrive and shine wellness. I have a Facebook healthy lifestyle group as well. And the name of that is thrive and shine wellness healthy lifestyle group. I also have a website. It is www.thriveandshinewellness.org. And if you need to reach me, you can either send me a message through social media or you can email me at info at thriveandshinewellness.org.